Good day, great people. My name is Lorenzo Nava, CEO of Rescogita, the startup grounded on social sustainability. And on this episode of the Sustainability Podcast Series, we are going to talk about sustainability and democracy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. If social sustainability was a train, then sooner or later it would need to stop at the democracy station. Actually, the sooner, the better. And that is because democracy is part of the sustainable welfare indicator and a necessary element in society's satisfaction and happiness, aiming at ensuring that these are widespread across the citizen. That is because the government is accountable to its citizens and therefore required to look after the needs of the people and their satisfaction. Also important to know that the three pillars of sustainability, economy, environment, and society, are an important pillar of the human satisfaction measure, HSM, to indicate sustainable welfare, which includes societies where people consider the earth environment without war, crime, or anxiety, with equality and no social gap, where life is stable, and where democracy is well established, and where education is accessible to all. And under the democracy measurement, we see fair and representative elections, competent and honest governments, fair and equal laws, active and knowledgeable citizens, shared belief in the public interest, reasonable equality in wealth and power, openness and transparency, devolution of power, trust between citizens and governments, innovation, evaluation, change, freedom of expression, internet censorship, parliament representing a public opinion. Emancipation is at the heart of democracy. Liberation and its link to sustainability is firstly how sustainable democracy actually is. And secondly, how equipped and competent it is as a system to deal with the sustainability crisis and global warming, especially in a time of political cynicism and lessened trust in democratic institutions. One answer can be that no political system is more resilient and adaptable than democracy. Are democratic systems competent in addressing the current ecological challenges and transition to a post-growth economy? The last trend of uh, movements in democracies was the emancipation, gender and racial, but also environmental, pushing the ecological agenda onto the political programs. Today's emancipation movements loudly demand environmental intervention at global level, climbing up the priority agenda for governments and international organizations. And one shared concern for the world population, a grassroots movement, bottom-up, steering political and policy decision-making, marking the priority on life of individuals, communities, and ecosystems by reducing that of the economic elite. Until it left temporarily the political debate by entering the technology, science, and academia, abandoning its political drive. Until recently, due to the failure of the latter of bringing the significant and radical change we need, witnessing the failure of most environmental global conferences, and for that 
there is a need for a shared ownership and responsibility of rights and duties shared by all communities to be empowered in decision making and action and tools to dictate the political agenda tools which are only provided by democratic system grounded on participation the key the key for grass for the grassroots to reclaim democracy as a constructive solution finding process survival of the earth and life depend on it and many have understood it that is in the hands of communities civil society policy makers and the public sector as well as of the business and manufacturing communities a global and participating co-owned process towards tangible solutions markets born out of consumerism and endless growth focused on the short term can't regulate themselves because it is not in the nature of that economic culture a new one is necessary and let us say a democratic one so connecting democracy and sustainability we have two ways to tackle as um, today's crisis a democratic and participatory approach or a technocratic authoritarian one otherwise maintain the present unsustainable status quo uh let's not forget that democracy as a system is what it is a system and that means it can be part of either the solution or the problem so it's not about the system per se but the attitudes of the citizens and sectors of society in addressing and using the system to steer it towards sustainable approaches the faults of the system today concerning sustainability are quite a few being anthropocentric and based on voting does not represent ecosystems with no political voice it is fixed in the present with goals varying from election to election addressing today rather than tomorrow is a fertile system for compromise which in ecological terms does not work it has time consuming processes today it is very individualistic and egocentric around individual needs and wants aligned to the will of the majority often appealing to individual hedonism and the pressure to reduce costs burdens and sacrifices of its citizens in order to be reelected being emancipatory it can't restrict rights and material conditions that impact the majority unless it has tangible benefits does that mean that we need to choose between saving the planet and ourselves and our rights and quality of life or rather there is a need <clears throat> for a wider ownership of the problem and equip the population for the next step and a bottom up approach democratically legitimized we are looking at local cross sectoral cooperation between public private and third sectors and an organized citizens creating policies and implementing them that can be subsystems regardless of government support like the US states who chose to respect the Paris the Paris agreement regardless of the white house position in the trump era as well uh there needs to be there needs to be a parallel process of global governance while the thousands of communities in parallel operate locally 
Norway's ban on cutting trees is of course an initiative to be praised and also a drop in the ocean when it comes to global deforestation. Treaties, agreements and judiciary systems in place to regulate the respect of what was agreed. Ensuring that the developing world that missed the industrial revolution and is hungry to catch up is able to jump to the third industrial revolution by passing the other two. In other words, the individual and communities need to demand and act in favor of life, survival, and ecosystem. Uh, pressure their decision-making bodies to act as well uh, and place it on the global agenda. Because it is a global challenge, not a national one. A country implementing the greenest and most sustainable policies will not be spared because of that from environmental disasters spurred by global warming. So, the inability of democratic systems locally, nationally, and globally does not demonstrate that this is not an efficient method to tackle sustainability. Rather, that there is a democratic deficit. And what we need is more democracy. A next level of emancipation that distances the destructive practices of careless growth and consumption as the only economic model. This would be something brand new in humanity's history and an uncharted land, as there is no model or economic, social and political experiment where this has been tried out, and yet so necessary to pave the way for the future, and distant from the present consumer-based attitude and value based on acts of self-destruction, self-expression and self-experience at the expense of the community, of community, and biosphere construction, expression, and experience. That meaning that the inclusive, diversity-respective, transparent, and accountable representative elements that make a democracy need to enter a post-democratic transition period, where this becomes a governing practice, not only applicable to governments and public authorities, but include also the third sector and private sector and population at large as an attitude, as a responsibility, and as a right. So democracy and sustainability is really a joint cause. A new manifesto argues that the advance of democracy and of sustainable development is at heart a shared endeavor. Halina Ward and Claire Shine explain the initiative purpose and invite support. That way, uh, democracy works in many countries today, where, is, where it is geared to short-term electoral cycles and political comparison based on GDP growth, makes it badly prepared for the, the great intergenerational challenge that will dominate the next generation. Among them, climate change, resource scarcity, and demographic pressure, such as aging or expanding population. Democracy, as it has evolved over the past 200 years or so, has always been about delivering more. It has relied on conventional econometric measurements as its main unit of accounting, rather than on the real values the real added value to society. The flaws 
of this approach are increasingly clear, as the environmental pressure and impact of the human thirst for more intensifies, from local to global level, as accelerating environmental degradation strains food, energy and water resources, and ability of existing institutions to cope with the resulting finance, social, economic and demographic pressures will be sorely tested, in some regions potentially to a breaking point. The opening words of the summary of the authoritative, authoritative uh, GO5 Global Environment Outlook in 2012 was an initiative of the, of the United Nations Environment Programme, namely that of the currently observed changes in Earth system are unprecedented in human history. And this actually hints at the scale of the change that is required. Democracy is central to these changes. It is the only political system through which a majority of the world's people can learn how to, how to determine together and express how much is enough. As um, The problem is that we citizens of democracy don't yet know how to do it. And the time to learn is running out. What makes this situation worse is that the wider public view uh, of the future in many parts of the world is becoming deeply skeptical and pessimistic. A global poll in 2012 by the International Trade Union Confederation asked adults in 13 countries, I think it was Belgium, Bulgaria, uh, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Greece, Japan, Indonesia, Mexico, South Africa, and the UK and United States, whether they felt future generations would be worse off than their own generation. 66% said yes. In the UK, the figure was 78%. In Greece, 77%. Yet, even in the economic powerhouse of Germany, 85% of respondents thought future gener generations would be worse off. In France, it was even 93%. The contrast there was with the growing economies which is quite striking, because in Brazil, it was just 24%. The connection with a sense of democratic malaise in the Western states, just as, such as Britain, is highlighted by the stresses and strains on democracy recorded in the 2012 report of the research project Democratic Audit. Among other conclusions, it also said that Almost all available indicators suggest that representative democracy is in long-term terminal decline. But there is no alternative model uh, to democracy existing. So, this is an opportunity. There is a time to renew. A crisis is an opportunity, after all. If people think the future will be worse, but still believe that democracy is the political system best able to deliver improvements, and if the experience of those in non-Western states is a lesson that democracy is still evolving and being learned, then the ability of democracy to address serious environmental and social problems 
remains in the hands of people and the governments. So, if democracy is to thrive, however, it also needs to adapt to the reality that it is not the only game in play when it comes to securing improvements in living conditions. Already some environmentalists are known to sigh, wistfully or even naively, at the apparent ease with, uh, with which China is able to exercise leadership on climate change related issues. Yet, uh, most also know that to take sustainable development seriously, democracy is essential. This was recognized in the formal outcome of the UN Conference on Sustainable Development in Rio de Janeiro, uh, where UN, well, the member states acknowledged that democracy, good governance, and the rule of law at the national and international levels, as well as an enabling environment, are essential to sustainable development. So, the best chance of delivering adequate responses to unsustainable development and tackling emerging risks is provided by healthy democratic systems. But if democracy is to flourish during the difficult years ahead, fresh thinking will be needed to motivate and harness the power both of individuals and institutions. So we need actively to seek to nurture and renew our commitment to democracy and the forms in which it is practiced. Let's take, let's take this opportunity to, for change. To this end, the Foundation for Democracy and Sustainable Development launched an international public consultation to develop a manifesto for democracy and sustainable development. The open consultation has been going on for years and there are, it's done through online forums and uh, focus groups and workshops where everybody's welcome to participate. And this is an opportunity for all concerned to help create the ripple effect that's needed to equip democracy to deliver sustainable development. The job of ensuring that democracy is resilient and that needs to begin now. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and looking forward to seeing you again in our next chapter to step-by-step -step uncover the meaning of sustainability and what it implies and to follow up on the second part of our Democracy and Sustainability podcast. Remember to follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn as Rescogita Path to Reality and on the website www.rescogita.academy all means, get in touch. We love feedback and interactions. So wherever you are, now, please, take very good care of yourself.